John chapter 14 here, we're in the middle of the upper room discourse and Jesus is giving uh, final commands and encouragements to his closest followers. He's told them that one of them will betray him, that he will be leaving soon, and also that Peter, uh, before the morning, will deny him. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot that's going to change in the lives of these uh, disciples, and that seems to be the norm in life in general, just things constantly changing on a regular basis, and uh, life oftentimes takes twists and turns and kinds of, kind of brings a lot of fears and worries um, along with it. So he gives them a command and he says to them, let not your hearts be troubled there in verse number one. And when you get to verse 27, he repeats that command and then he adds to it when he says, neither let it be afraid. Now last week, as we began this chapter, we saw that in order for us to obey this command, first of all, we must trust Christ We must trust Christ, realizing who he is, that he is God, and that he is in control, and then set our affection on things above. As I mentioned, things in this world are constantly changing. We all go through difficult situations and trials and struggles. We all have troubles in our life that cause our heart to trouble. And we have situations that cause us to worry. And so Jesus commands us to not be troubled or to be afraid as we live in this ever-changing world, as we live in a world that hates everything that Christianity stands for and that even wants to persecute those that stand for, for Christ. And so he says, don't be troubled, don't be afraid. Well, how do we do that? Well, first of all, we have to trust God. We have to believe that God is in control, that his will is being worked out in our lives, and and we have to trust in that. And then we have to get our attention off of the things that are around us in this world. Our priorities should not be the things of this world. And this is why we struggle. What, what, What are the things that cause you to worry in life? Think about that for just a moment. It's, you know, finances, it's health, it's family, it's, it's the things in this world that a lot of those things, we don't have control over them. We don't have control over what happens, and, uh, and so that causes us to fret and to worry. What we need to do is realize our attention, our focus has to be heavenward. Heaven has to be the priority. Spiritual things have to be the priority. And where we can't uh, affect change or uh, we can't get control over an area of life, we must at that moment, then in that situation, trust God. In verse 6, we saw last week that he reiterates his message. He came to die for the sins of the world. And so the only way for any of us to be made right with God, to have a relationship with God, is through him. As he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he lays it out very clearly. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Stop and think about it. That's why Jesus came. To reconcile man back to God. 
And so Jesus came and he died in our place. He died for our sins on the cross. And, and we celebrated this uh, a few weeks ago, Easter, where he was placed in that tomb and, and he rose again to new life and to bring new life and to give us life. And so our eternal life, spiritual life, only comes through Jesus Christ. And that is the message that he came to preach. And that is why he came um, to what he came to even accomplish there on the cross and rising again. And he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And today he's offering the free gift of salvation. That's the message of Christ that he reiterates to those disciples there in that room. He reiterates to us. And now as he continues here in chapter 14, he continues teaching these disciples. Listen, there are many sermons that we can take from the rest of this chapter. Probably every verse or every two verses we can come up with a, a new sermon. But today I want you to see as he explains to his disciples why they can fulfill the command that he just gave them. Why they can live in this world and they don't have to worry. Why we as Christians can live in the society that we live in today and live a life that is not filled, filled with fear. Remember, he didn't give us uh, or cause us to fear. He didn't give us a mind that is set on fear. He gave us power he gave us love. He gave us himself. And he doesn't want us to live in fear. And so today, as we go through John chapter 14, I know there's many things that we're not going to hit today, and we'll have to come back to this chapter over and over again in reality. But I want you to see, as he lays out for them, why they can live in this world, why you can live in this world without fear. Father, thank you for your word today. And I pray, Lord, that if there's somebody here today that has never accepted Christ as their Savior, may today be the day in their life. And for those of us that are believers, Father, help us to understand, Lord, that you didn't put us here and leave us here to, to live lives filled with fear and worry. But Father, you, Lord, have caused us, Lord, to have strength and courage, Lord, in this world. And I pray that we'll see why today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to jump back all the way down to verse number seven. The first reason that we don't have to live in fear is that, number one, we know, those of us that are in Jesus Christ, we know the Father. Verse number seven, he says, if ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. From henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me? Philip, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. The first reason we don't have to worry, we don't have to live in fear in the world that we uh, find ourselves in today is because we know the Father. We often hear people say, it's not about what you know, but it's about 
who you know, right? There's lots of situations like that in our life. You know, it's about who we know in those moments. And that's basically what Jesus is telling them. Hey, listen, through me, you know the Father. Uh, Colossians tells us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So through him, we see and understand who God is. And there's so much revealed to us about God in Jesus Christ himself as he is God, but through Jesus, we know the Father. So just think about that for just a moment. We know the creator, we know the creator of the world. We know the one who created all things. We know the one who controls all things. We know the one who has all the answers. We know the one who wrote the end from from the beginning. And so we don't have to live in a world filled with, filled with fear. You know, when I'm walking out in the world and I'm in a, a, maybe a dark place, a dark parking lot or a dark alley or something like that, sometimes that can be a little airy. It could be a little fearful. Maybe you found yourself in, in those places. But it's a lot different in those circumstances if there's somebody else with me, Right? And I mean, even if it's one of my children or somebody, just somebody else is there that can run and scream for help if something happens, all right? I mean, or that I can outrun if I need to. I mean, that's, you know, I, there's just some difference in those moments. And, and listen, depending on who it is, and now listen, I might be with you and I might not be, I might not be afraid. But, you know, if I'm with Ray Novak, I'm going to be bold in those moments right there. Like, if I'm with Doug Stein, listen, I'm willing to pick a fight with anybody at those points. If those guys are with me, because it's just a different situation. You know, the backup that I have, the protection that I have. You know, we find ourselves, you know, very, very bold in those moments. You know, sometimes, you know, we kind of... We kind of like to name drop. You ever been around somebody like that? I, I, I'm around people like that a lot. Sometimes when I'm traveling in different places, people like to, to name drop and those, you know, those type of things and stuff. And, and, and I do it. I know. I'm, and we're all prideful in those moments sometimes. But, you know, we like to name drop, you know, to people. Listen, I know the, the creator of the world. I, I know the Father. And listen, he has promised to protect me and to guide me. And, and no matter what happens to me in, in my life, guess what? Nothing can happen outside of God's will. But again, going back to last week, our problems oftentimes are we're we're so consumed with the the current circumstances instead of focusing on God. You know, I'm willing to go through the circumstances of life because everything that happens to me is according to God's will and his plan. Even the things that we struggle with that are difficult, even the, the things that we view as trouble or trials or persecutions, you know, God is still walking with us and allowing those to happen to us. And, and listen, I'd rather be going through a hardship knowing I'm in God's will than doing my own thing and, think, and enjoying the pleasures of sin in this world and, and the glories of this world instead of the glories of heaven and the glories of God. And so today, we can stand here today, we can live in a world filled with difficulties and trials and, and, and all these difficult situations and where we really don't know what's going to happen because we know the Father. And that's what Jesus is telling his disciples. Listen, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, but because of me, you know the Father. And that should change your world. That should change your outlook. That should change, change your thinking. You know, we, we, we see that situation of Job, right, where J- God allows Job to basically be persecuted by the devil and go through all these situations. And we see Job's reaction. You know, when people tell him to curse God and die and there's his outward influences by his friends, Job stays faithful. 
But how many other people going through those same situations would have, you know, forsaken God, grumbled and complained and been bitter? How many of us in this room here today? And you say, listen, I would have never done that. I would have been faithful to God. And I would have, you know, what I, and I'm like, listen, you grumble and complain if you have a bad day. If it rains when you think it should be sunshine and out, which should be every day, right? I mean, listen, why is it cold? Well, I'm bitter. I'm just going to tell you, why is it cold outside? It's springtime, almost summertime, right? So we get frustrated over these things that we don't like in this world, and, and we become angry and upset about them. Well, I'll, I'll live for God in the big times or the, the, the big struggles. Hey, hey, listen, let's get faithful to God daily. No matter when life is smooth or when we just have a, a few bad things here and there, so, some troubled situations, our kids disobey, um, somebody says something bad about it, hurts our feelings. Let's live for God and be faithful in those moments. You know why we can deal with them? Because we know the Father. And we, we know the Father when, you know, our, our car breaks down on the, on the side of the road and when, when friends persecute us and hate us and leave us. Listen, no matter what's going on, we don't have to be afraid because we know the Father. Number two, we're doing his work. Look at verse number 12. The Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Jesus is telling his disciples, listen, you're going to go, on, or I'm going unto the Father, and you're going to stay here in this world, and guess what? You're going to do my works. And I think it's interesting, he says there, you're going to do greater works. Now, I, I believe that this has to do with numerical results and not the quality of these works, because I've never raised anybody from the dead, and I've never, you know, um, walked on water or done any of those type of things. But remember, Jesus was just here for just a, a few years ministering, and it, it wasn't that many people truly that believed on Jesus during those times. And so he's telling his disciples, I'm going back to the Father, and you are going to stay here, and you're going to do my works. Now notice the caveat there. He says, those that believe on me, you're going to do my work, and you're going to do greater works. Now remember, there's a difference Two people can be doing the same thing, and one of them can be doing the work of God, and one of them not. Remember, Jesus said, there's going to be those that stand before me, and they said, I prophesied in your name, I cast out devils, I did all these quote-unquote spiritual things, and Jesus says, depart from me, for I never knew you. Why? Because they didn't believe on him. Hey, listen, you can be religious and go through religious activities and all that type of stuff, and, and you're not doing it for God or for Jesus. You're doing it for uh, yourself and for your pride, trying to earn righteousness or something like that. Jesus says it doesn't work that way. But he says, those of you that do believe on me and those of you that serve, you're doing my works. You're, you're working for me. You're working for me. You remember I was, in a, I was working at a grocery store when I was in high school, and, and I was trained by the manager of our store, and, and, I, and I was doing some, a, a task, and, and I remember I was, uh, it was one night I was working, and I was doing what I was supposed to do, and, and I had an assistant manager. The manager wasn't there, and so um, the assistant manager comes over, and he's like, you're doing that all wrong. You're doing that all wrong, and, um, and so I said, okay, how do you want me to do it? And I did it uh, the way that he told me to do it. 
Now, um, you know, I just did it the way he told me to do it because he was there, the manager wasn't there. And so the next day I was at work and I was talking to the manager and, and uh, he saw whatever it was and he's like, why, why is it done like this? And I was like, well, that's what I was told, that's what I was told to do. And um, now, in me, I was like, you know, be quiet. I know what I'm doing. You know, the manager told me to do it this way or whatever and, and all those type of things. And so I switched it back. I switched it back to the way that I was told to do it by, by the manager. So then the assistant manager's back and, you know, we're, we're going through this rigmarole here and I'm like in between these two guys here. And so finally I just told him, I said, listen, this is what the manager told me to do. And guess what? I won, all right, in that situation. And that's how we did it from that point forward. You know, sometimes we, we're so concerned about what people think about us. Well, why don't we share the gospel? Well, we don't want to be persecuted. Why are we quiet as a church in the days in which we live today? Well, the problem is, is the world is so loud out there, and we kind of get timid instead of being faithful and bold and preaching the gospel and standing for truth and righteousness. Well, listen, we're doing the work of God. They're doing the work of the devil who is going to be cast into the lake of fire and he's going to be chained. We understand that. We're doing the work of God. So listen, that should give us boldness. We don't have to be afraid when we preach the gospel, when we serve God. We don't have to be afraid to live righteously in this world. Why? Because we're doing the works of God. And that should cause us to be bold in what we're, what we're doing. It's easier to do something when we know we're doing right. So if we're serving and we're, we're obeying God, we're doing right because we're doing his work. Jesus says, you're doing my work and I'm gonna leave you here and listen, you don't have to be worried and troubled no matter what the world brings against you because you're doing my work. Number three then we see in verses 13 through 15, the third reason we can, um, we, we can live in this world worried free and not be afraid is because we have answered prayer. Verse 13, the Bible says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Jesus tells us here, anything that we ask, notice there, in his name. Now, we live in a day and age where people preach this prosperity gospel and name it and claim it stuff out there. And, you know, just ask God and he'll give you whatever you want. And notice, that's not what Jesus says. He says, anything that you ask in my name. You see, first of all, it's not in your merit. It's not because you deserve it, because who you are, but it's in his merit. You see, that's what I believe he's talking about. We, when we come before God in prayer, we're not coming in our own power, in our own righteousness. We're coming in Christ's righteousness. We're coming because of, of Christ. And see, a lot of times we approach God as if he should be grateful that we're serving him or that we're a Christian or that we're, we're you know, even having a relationship with him. And Jesus says, no, it doesn't work that way. You need to approach God in my name. And that's why we pray in Jesus' name. You know, we pray to God through Jesus Christ because it is Jesus and his righteousness that gives us boldness to access the throne of God. And so it's, it's in his merit that we approach God. And then it's according to his will. And over and over we see that throughout scripture. Jesus tells us we need to pray and we can ask God according to his will. And this is where we struggle because we see things from our perspective and instead of asking in Jesus' name, which is according then to his will, we want our way, right? Because we're selfish people. We, we see things from our perspective. And so we want it the way that we want it. 
And so, I mean, when's the last time we prayed, God, allow me to go through this difficult situation to accomplish your purpose? It's not how we pray, is it? We pray, God, take me out of this situation. Lord, get me through this situation. Instead of saying, Lord, allow this to be in my life so that your will can be accomplished. But allow me to see your will. We, we don't pray that way. We pray according to our will. God, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I expect. And so that's how we pray. And so Jesus says we need to ask in his name, which is in his merit, according to his will. And then he tells us, for his glory. Notice again, verse number 13. He says there, uh, in my name that, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You see, that should be our purpose here. You see, God will answer our prayer when that's, that's our goal, is our goal and our purpose in life is, is the glory of God. This goes back to what we talked about last week, our perspective being heaven-bound. Uh, being eternal and spiritually focused in our life means that we want God to be glorified. And it's, so it's not about our situation. It's not about what's happening in our life and what we want. And so then he tells us, ask in his name. And then notice what he says in verse number 15. If ye love me, if ye love me, keep my commandments. And that's a whole nother sermon in and of itself that we can preach right there. But right after he tells them, you can ask in my name. And so here's the issue. Here's the issue that a lot of people face in our world today. We want to approach God apart from Jesus Christ. We want to approach God apart from Jesus Christ. And so he's telling these disciples who have said they loved him, all right, listen, you can have your prayers answered if you ask in my name. And then he says, if you love me, if you're going to ask in my name, then you're going to love me. If you love me, if you have this relationship with me, then you're going to obey me and you're going to keep my commandments. And so here's where we, we, we really struggle in, in our society today and in the church today is we kind of separate and, okay, we, God, we expect this we expect you to answer our prayers and take care of us, but we don't want to have to obey you, right? God, we don't want your Bible to be a priority in our life. We don't want your church to, to be a priority in our life. God, we want to do things our way, but oh, wait a minute, hold on, please answer our prayers. Please give us, please, please give us what we want. God, we're, you be there when we want you, but we're gonna go do this life thing ourselves in our way and our own strength, but then just, just be there for when we come to show up to ask you for something um, for what we want. You know, we, we see this in children a lot. You know, they wanna disobey, 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 and then, oh, give me, give me, give me, right? And you know, and we discipline our children for that, but you know, we as adults do the same thing to God. Jesus says, you, I'll answer your prayers. But we have to realize that this Christian life is all-encompassing of who we are. And so he tells us that he, we can have our prayers answered if we ask in his merit, in his name, if we do it for his glory, and we give our life to him. That's really what he's talking about. When we give our life to him, he's expecting these men, these disciples, and all of us to go out and live our life for him. And so how, how can we live in a world that is so troubled without worrying and fear? Well, because we know the Father. 
what we're doing, we're living our life for him and we're doing it for his glory. We're doing his works and he's promised to answer our prayers according to his will. And then number four, we see in verses 17 through 26, he tells us we have a comforter. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And if you jump down to verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to give you another comforter. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. And so he tells us over and over, he's going to give them another comforter. And this idea of another comforter is one of the same kind. Jesus is going to give them uh, the Holy Spirit. And see, that's something that we struggle with in our day and age, partly because there's uh, religious groups that have uh, misinterpreted what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. They've misused uh, the teaching of the Holy Spirit, and, they, and they, they live outside of the biblical perspective on the Holy Spirit and create their own view of the Holy Spirit. And so we struggle with that in our churches because we don't want to be like that. So we've kind of gone to the other extreme. And so we don't even talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And, and see, the reality is a lot of what Jesus is talking about is our practical sanctification day by day, our, our spiritual growth day by day. You see, what many people believe is that God saves us, right? It's God does the work. It's not in our own works. God has to save us. And then we have this mindset, okay, now I have to grow. And so it's not by keeping works or laws that I get saved. It's through faith in Jesus Christ, which is, is biblical. And so then what we do is we set up this kind of standard of laws and rules in order for us to uh, grow spiritually. And so I have to do this, 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 and this, and then I'm a spiritual person. And so what happens? We judge people based off of our list. Well, do they go to church? Well, okay, they must be, they're, they're up one notch on the spiritual meter. Are they nice to people? Some of you, you're lost right there. Um, but, you know, uh, are they nice to people? They're up one notch on the spiritual list. Do they give? They're, okay, they're up, all right. And so we, we have this list of stuff. And so many people are living the Christian life in their own strength. They're, they're not growing spiritually because they don't understand the Holy Spirit's role or God's role in our, in our spiritual growth. And so what does Jesus say? Well, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit because you haven't arrived yet. And he's going to, to convict you of sin in your life. He's going to teach you all things whatsoever I have command. Everything that God wants us to know, the Holy Spirit's going to be there to to teach us. And so, and he's going to comfort us. And so he plays this role in our, in our daily life. And so, and the reason that many of us struggle and, and we worry and we're troubled and many people are even worried and fearful about their own spiritual life and where they are spiritually because they have, they, they have neglected the ministry of the Holy Spirit in their life. Now listen, I want to tell you right off the bat, the, the Holy Spirit is not this like, okay, I got this warm feeling in my heart now and I feel good about myself and all that. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. But the Holy Spirit does a work in our hearts and lives. So when we accept Christ as our Savior, God tells us the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says. And so he comes to dwell within us and he begins his ministry and so as he's ministering to us, 
He's teaching us and helping us and, and convicting us. And really what he's doing is a sanctification or spiritual growth work in our life. And so many people, you're, we're babes in Christ. You've been saved 20, 30, 40 years, but you're, you're a baby in Christ because the Spirit has not been allowed to do the work he wants to do in life. And so we live in fear. You know, um, we kind of make fun of people that are afraid of the dark when they're 35 years old. But we don't make fun of them when they're three years old. Why is that? Because there's a, this expectation that you grow and mature. And so spiritually, I understand for a new believer that lives in fear and turmoil about what's going on, who does not understand some of these spiritual truths that God wants us to know, but it's different. It should be different for somebody that's been saved for 30, 40 years because the Spirit has done the work and helped us mature and grow. There should be a difference in there. We should not be as afraid as we were in the past because of the spiritual growth. And, and this is what Jesus is telling his disciples. Listen, the comforter is going to come. These guys had no idea what he was talking about. Truly, they had no idea uh, what this was all going to entail. But they began to understand and learn. And they began to grow. And the Spirit began to do their work in their life. And, and so Jesus is telling them, listen, you're not going through this life by yourself. And that's really what he's saying. But what happens is we get saved and we say, okay, I'm going to live this Christian life thing by myself. I'm going I'm I'm to do this thing. Instead of saying, okay, God, I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to walk in you and you're going to work in me and I'm going to grow spiritually. We're gonna, I'm going to live my life in Christ. And God, I, I need you to guide me and help me and protect me. It's all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. It, 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 listen, it, Christianity doesn't work that way. Because if you're doing it in your own power and your own strength, guess what? You're going to fail and you're going to be fearful and you're going to be afraid. And Jesus is saying, listen, guys, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm leaving you a comforter. And he's going to go with you and he's going to walk with you. And as they begin to understand that, man, it changed everything in their life. And so we don't have to fear. We don't have to worry and be afraid because we have the comforter. God has never left us, and he will never forsake us, and his spirit is always with us. And then finally, number five, as we finish up, we see here in verses 30, or 27 through 31, we can have God's peace in our life. Why do I, how can I live in this life without fear, trust God, focus on heaven? Why? Because we know the Father. We're doing His work. Hey, you might not be impressed with me, but guess what? We're doing God's work. It, it doesn't matter about man's opinion. We're, we're doing God's work. God is going to answer our prayers. He's never going to leave us. He sent us this comforter. And then finally, Jesus says to them in verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, which I think is a great caveat there. Because we're looking for peace in this world. You're looking for, you know, what do they say at these, um, these um, the Miss America pageants when they win? What, what, what do you want? I want world peace. You know, we all want world peace. That's what we want. We want peace in our homes. We want peace between our siblings. We want peace between husband and wife. We want peace, you know, between countries. We're just, man, if we could just have peace in this world. Listen, it's never going to happen 
until Jesus returns. We know that. The peace that we're looking for is never going to happen. But we can have peace in the midst of the turmoil that this world is. Because Jesus says, my peace I leave with you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away, and I come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I, and now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me a commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Jesus says to them, um, peace, not because Jesus is leaving, but because God is working out his plan. And he tells them, listen, I, you need me to go. It's time for me to go, and you need me to go. In John chapter 16, in a couple chapters, we'll see that Jesus will tell them it's expedient for him to go, and we need him to go because the Father will then send his Spirit. What is Jesus telling us? God's working out his plan. God's working out his plan. You see, the, the Holy Spirit had to come for the church age to start. We, the day and the age that we live in, that what we call the church age in the church, is the Holy Spirit had to come for that to start. And Jesus said, so listen, you can have peace because God has been working out his plan. Now, think back with me to Genesis as we finish up. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God intimates, he tells us that he's going to send a Savior who's going to, his heel will be bruised. He's basically going to stomp on Satan and he's going to bring salvation. And then as you begin to read through the Old Testament, and it's amazing. You read through the Old Testament and you see God working out his plan. Despite the failings of the nation of Israel, despite the sinfulness of mankind, and through every generation, God is working out his plan. And so you come, Jesus is coming to the world in the fullness of time, and he's now with his disciples, and he reminds them, listen, just as God was working out his plan in the Old Testament, for me to come, he's continuing to work out his plan. And so Jesus dies, and he goes to the cross, and he, he raises again, he ascends to the Father, and now we're in the church age, and, and, and just as we trusted God to send Jesus, we can trust that Jesus is coming again. And so ultimately, one day, because God is working out his plan, we're going to be with Christ. And so Jesus says, I'm leaving you my peace. What is the peace that God gives us? What is the peace that God gives us? It's God's plan. And that he's working it out. I've been with some people that have not had a plan. Maybe hiking something like that, and you find yourself lost. I was that leader in times past. I took my family hiking a few years ago, and um, we were just going to go hiking for two miles, and seven miles later, we found some, inner, some road somewhere out of the woods, and we had no idea where we were, whatever, and um, I blame Kyle for that. I, um, you know, I, I was, I was going to let him lead, but I was leading the way, and, and at some point, you know, as a dad who's out in the middle of the woods with three kids and his wife, you know, I was a little fearful because I had no plans. I had nowhere to go. Uh, you know, traveling from one place to another, if you're, you know, you're old, older, you had an atlas, a map, right? 
you had that little map. Some of you don't know what it is. I understand. Those of you 30 and younger, you don't know what that is. And then some of us are old, are old enough to remember the map quest. You printed them out, right? And you had a plan and you started off and you were confident you're going to get to where you're going because you had those map quest pr prints. You took three turns and realized map quest had no idea what they were talking about. So now you have no plan, no atlas or anything. Now today in age, to this day and age, you just get your phone out. You, you know, you go to your Apple maps, your Google maps, you put it in your ways, whatever you want to use and you put it in and, and you don't even think about directions right? Some of you, you could not get back to some of the places that you've ever been because you don't know how you got there. You just, jump on the, you just jump on the Google Maps and you just go and you don't even pay attention. You left, right, how I turned. I just know I, I left my house and I got here. That's, that, that's how it is in our world today. But you have all the confidence in the world when you get into the car that you're going to arrive at, at that destination. You know, sometimes I've gone places and I follow that GPS and I think I would have never got here. I would, have just, I would have never got here without this plan. Listen, if you go through this life in your own power and your own strength, you're, gonna const you're never going to find peace. You're never going to find it. You're just going to live in fear and worry and turmoil. That's not how God wants us to live. And so Jesus tells his disciples, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You don't have to live in fear. Why? You know the Father. And he's going to walk with you through this life. And, and he has a plan. And that plan should bring you peace. That plan should bring you peace in your life. Hey, I don't have to worry. Men hate me. But God loves me and he's for me. And he's working out his plan. My plans, sometimes they fail. But God's never does. And so that brings me peace. And that's what Jesus is telling his disciples as he's getting ready to, for the, to leave them. And that's what he's telling us today as we live in this world here. You don't have to live in fear because you know God. And he's working out his plan. And as you go through this life, he'll answer your prayers. He's given you the comforter. He's never going to forsake you. And that should cause you to go forward with great boldness, rejoicing, serving God all the days of your life. You know, there's so many blessings that we have in the Christian life. Oftentimes we think of, okay, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. And that's true. And ultimately we'll be in heaven and we'll see God face to face if we know Jesus Christ. But living the Christian life is today. In this world where we are now. And God wants us to live according to his will and his plan and in his peace. And so I challenge you today, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Listen, believe in, trust in Jesus, right? Accept him as your savior if you've never had your sins forgiven, never accepted him. And if you're a Christian here today, know that God is working out his plan. And that should bring you great peace in your life, no matter what happens. Because we all know nothing in this life is going to work out the way we want it. It's just not going to happen. You can plan and, and plan and plan and, and everything is going to get messed up in this world because we live in a messed up world. But God's working out his plan and that brings great peace in our life. The world hates us, persecutes us. Hey, praise the Lord. God's working out his plan. And that right there, that right there is what brings true peace.